Good morning to our loyal WFYL listeners around the world. Welcome back to your Philadelphia Friday, only on Fox News Radio. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in once again, because you still have the right to hear and the right to be heard. We're here with you on 1180 AM and broadcasting real time at 1180WFYL.com. Coming to you straight from the birthplace of liberty here in the greater Philadelphia area. And we continue to fight day in and day out as your voice of freedom in the Delaware Valley. I'm attorney Mike Jeremita from Jeremita Law Offices, but everybody knows me as Mike G. And you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters. And you can listen to our program every Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. So let's be heard. I want to remind our listeners that you can participate in the free and open exchange of thoughts and ideas throughout the entire week. By way of the Mike G in the Morning social media profiles. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Mike G in the Morning. Don't forget to like our page. Our YouTube channel is Mike G in the Morning. Like our videos and subscribe. Our Twitter handle is at Radio Mike G. And we've also got a screen name on the Instant Grams website. And our screen name on those Instant Grams is Mike G in the morning. I've also got to let you know about the powerhouse lineup we've got here at Fox News Radio WFYL. We've got intellectual giant Ben Shapiro bringing you the Ben Shapiro Show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Scott Adams coming at you with the Scott Adams Show weekdays from 9 a.m. until noon. Second Amendment advocate Dana Lash coming on weekdays from noon right until Ben Shapiro. And finally, we've got Michael Savage bringing you the Savage Nation weekdays at 6 p.m. So don't forget to tune in and show them some love. And with that, you know what time it is. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Want to give a special shout out? To the sponsors of this program over at Elite Tactical Armory, your firearm storage solution in the Lehigh Valley. You know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me over the last few weeks and say that they have stopped watching the news. Just can't take it anymore. Stop watching it altogether. You got this constant coverage of the coronavirus. Constant coverage of the downfall of our republic. And anybody who predominantly listens to stations like Fox News Radio might, for the fun of it, every so often, tune in to some of the other stations. Those leftists! And it never ceases to amaze me. If you've got low blood pressure for some reason or another, 
Maybe it might be medically necessary to turn on one of these stations and listen to what they have to say. Frankly, I think I could get a job on one of those stations. All I've got to do is just come up with everything I could possibly think of that the president might be doing wrong. Think of any possible insult, any possible knock at the man's job. Doesn't have to be true. That, that is not a qualification, by the way. You don't have to make any sense with what you're saying. Just really use your imagination. So a lot of folks have just decided, I'm out. They're sick and tired of the mainstream media pretending to be neutral. And you know what? At this point in my career... Everyone knows me as Mike G. And the G stands for guns. My law practice focuses on the laws of firearms in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and at the federal level. And I'd say gun law is 99.99% of my law practice. Wrote a book on Pennsylvania's gun laws. So that's absolutely correct. That is what I do. But it doesn't stop there, as you've all probably heard on this program before. You know, this show started out with the name The Law Matters. Because I'll tell you what, it does. I think now more than ever, people are recognizing the importance of law and order. It governs the society. But we as men have free will. And I don't want to use this out of context or anything, but the Bible says in Romans 13, 1 and 2, those who refuse to obey the law of the land are refusing to obey God and punishment will follow. Now, we as Christians, obviously, we want to follow Jesus. And God is our ruler. But here we are on earth. God's creation. And there are laws and regulations. The show started with the law matters. And frankly, I got the opportunity after a series of events. God puts you in the right place at the right time. You know, sometimes I forget that maybe not all of our listeners are even aware of this, but it started out, my first appearance on WFYL Fox News Radio was a telephone appearance with Kathy Barnett, who was on a few weeks ago running for Congress. Check her out. I appeared on a couple of other programs, Veterans Voice a couple of times. It's a new day. And then I was contacted by the great Professor Phil Duffy and ended up becoming legal analyst on We the People, The Constitution Matters. Excellent program. Still the legal analyst. Don't forget to tune in. And then went on, Loomer and the Lawyer, Into the Law Matters, having the pleasure of spending every Friday with you ladies and gentlemen 
since December of 2018. Gone on to do television. But it started with We the People. The foundation of what I do in media really began with the Constitution matters. Gun law is a part of constitutional law. It's a part of the Constitution and really our Second Amendment. You know, my point in saying all this is you can have your right to bear arms without our Constitution. But you can't have the Constitution without your right to bear arms. Think about that. Our Constitution protects our God-given inalienable rights from the government. You know, my passion and many of the great law-abiding gun owners I meet are all very strong patriots who want to protect our Constitution. And we need our right to bear arms to do so. That is exactly what's behind doing what I do. Because I was raised in a state where they limit. No, no, no. Let me rephrase this. They've obliterated our constitutional rights. The once great state of New York, and after learning about my constitutional rights and starting a completely different life where I could exercise my constitutional rights simply by moving to a different state. I vowed never to let that freedom and the opportunity I have go to waste. You can't love God, guns, and the good old U.S. of A. and not want to fight for our great freedoms. Because the minute you stop fighting is the minute people with agendas sneak in little by little and take away your freedoms. This is not a scare tactic. This is the truth. And you might not hear it from anybody else right now. Because how is it that our country, based on our rights, can literally be taken away so much in one state versus the next that I can literally be thrown in jail for years and years for doing the same exact thing I do here in Pennsylvania just by crossing that imaginary line that invisible border. Now, this isn't talking about the individual state's policies that vary from state to state because each state knows what's best for them and we like limited government. No, no, don't get it twisted. I'm talking about our basic fundamental rights. The right to bear arms. The right to freely exercise our religion and practice that religion. These are God-given inalienable rights. You know, I say all of this because 
our Second Amendment goes hand in hand with our First Amendment, and so on and so forth. I speak about more than just gun law now because we all should know by now that they are one. And in fact, the Second Amendment, it is the most important. And anyone who questioned that before probably now knows after seeing Chaz and these leftist socialists taking over land that wasn't theirs. After seeing the looting and the rioting, I cannot tell you how many first-time gun buyers have called my office. They sit there, eyes wide open on the news, see what's going on around our country. And now they see the recent story, the McCluskeys, a couple in St. Louis. I speak on more than gun law because once I became a gun owner and a Second Amendment advocate, I saw that I couldn't possibly stop there. And I needed to go further into politics in order to protect, defend, and help put a stop to these liberal agendas that take away others' rights. I say all this especially to rally our listeners. I encourage you to stay informed. They want you to turn off the news. Was this part of their plan all along? If we put on the same boring, nonsense propaganda over and over again for months upon months upon months, eventually they'll tune out. Listen, people who believe in our Constitution, our listener base here at Fox News Radio WFYL, some of the most informed people on this planet, Some of the most informed patriot voters we have in this country. Are they getting you to tune out? Have they made you sick of it? To the point where you're no longer paying attention? You gotta get informed. You gotta know your rights. Learn and learn and keep learning. And educate and keep educating so that our voices will be heard. So that our Second Amendment will be preserved. And so that our Constitution will be protected. And ultimately, so our rights will stay protected. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters. Only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. I want to bring Philly Chris in on this. Philly Chris, you with us? Hey, Mike. Hey, Russ. Good morning, everybody. Hey, good to see you, brother. I guess see you on the air, right? Good to hear you. (laughs) That's right. I'm tuning in. I'm still paying attention to the news. Oh, that's good to hear. How do you feel about that? I know that you're out there, you're talking to people, you got your thumb on the pulse of society. Are you hearing this too, that people are getting sick and tired of the news and they're just tuning out? You know, I am actually from quite a few people. I'm hearing that. And, uh, you know, I'm also hearing where people are taking breaks, you know, like they may just tune out for a few days and then they'll kind of tune back in. 
But, uh, yeah, and I've even done a little bit of that myself because sometimes it gets to be a bit much. But, you know, to your point, Mike, um, you know, it is good to stay informed and and uh, try to get to, to sources that you trust, of course, uh, like WFYL and, and your show and other great shows on here. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's getting a little crazy out there. So I sort of understand it, but it's important to uh, tune in with everything going on, in my opinion. It's important to stay informed, and I get it. It is absolutely exhausting to watch the same thing over and over and over again, like Groundhog Day. Right. But what else are we supposed to do? Maybe start to look for some alternative news sources? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good question, you know, and it's difficult to uh, kind of look at both sides. You know, sometimes I will turn CNN on and other uh, networks and it's just crazy how the same story can be portrayed so differently, of course, on the different networks. So, but, uh, you know, I think they are trying to divide people and, and to some degree it's been very effective. I look at the, the comments sometimes too online, you know, on Facebook and other places. And it, it just seems to be, uh, you know, that, that people are going against each other more and more and it's, it's getting almost a, a bit more aggressive. Well, certain claims that are accepted at face value in some of those other networks. So let's take it just for example. I don't want to really get into it, but let's say, for example, the the Trump is racist claim. You see that all the time on those other networks and everybody just uh, nods their head and sort of agrees. Like, well, well, of course. Right. Everybody knows that. And somebody was on uh, one of the other stations out of uh, Fox News television. Uh, just the other day and made that claim. And the host said, hold on a second. Do you have a, you just made a pretty serious claim there? That right. The president's raised. What evidence do you have? And the person started stammering and they were really grasping at straws, <laughs> uh, really reaching for what they could come up with. But on these other networks, it's just accepted. There's there's no pushback about it whatsoever. No need to show your work or explain. Right. Yeah. These uh, generalizations that they just throw out there. And I try to do the same thing. And that's why I try to talk to facts, you know, when I'm having conversations with folks who might be on the other side of, uh, uh, you know, of a topic or an idea or or a situation. But uh, boy, when you start to put those facts out there, sometimes they just don't want to hear them either. So it's yeah, a, so, so if you're going to say that these leftists are a bunch of knuckleheads, you got to explain why they're knuckleheads, right? Don't just call them knuckleheads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, lay <laughs> so it out there. Say, this is a knuckleheaded policy or this is a knuckleheaded belief, and that's how, therefore, they are knuckleheads, yeah, right? Right, right? Yeah, like like spray painting and you know destroying stores and knocking statues <laughs> down. That's all fine. That's just protesting. That's peaceful uh, protest. Yeah. Therefore, they are knuckleheads. <laughs> pr- pr- promote these uh, violent Mobs, right? <laughs> right. Call them peaceful protests, mm-hmm. defund the police, and yeah. take away the citizens' right to bear arms. Therefore, right. they are knuckleheads, <laughs> right? <laughs> we need to have some shirts made. <laughs> uh, am, I, am I making sense here? Are, You're are making some, perfect sense, yeah. Uh, mustard eating policies, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Good old yeah, mustard. Uh, I wanted to ask you something else, Chris. I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine fairly recently, and Occasionally, people write into this show with specific pointed questions that I like so much that I want to get to on the air. And everybody, by the way, if you're an audience member, you're listening and you've got something you want to hear about, absolutely feel free to write me at mike at glawpa.com. That's M-I-K-E at G is in golf, L-A-W-P-A dot com. Let us know what you want to hear about. I'm always interested to hear that from our listeners. Love to hear from our listeners. Um, we had somebody fairly recently write in 
and wanted a little more insight on the Constitution in practical fashion. So if you listen to We the People, the Constitution Matters, you get a ton of history, you get a ton of context on the founding fathers and what our Constitution is supposed to mean, historical context, and where they came up with that. And it's, right. it's great. It's absolutely great. Unfortunately, the practical side is that so much of that is very far from reality in our court systems today. And the reason yeah, is, like is that it's been twisted by the courts and the government. So, I mean, just take the Second Amendment, for example, right? right. When you look at the Second Amendment, Philly Chris, as, as a non-lawyer, what do you think <laughs> that means? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, it, it means that the government doesn't have the right to... Uh, take away an inalienable right. However, uh, okay. they seem to think that it does, right? right. Yeah. Well, they throw in all these caveats, right? That's yeah, what's happened right. over the years is the courts say, oh, well, that one's okay. And of course, this is fine. And uh, yeah, sure, that that kind of infringement is okay. And right. it blows people's minds how we get to those sorts of things. We, we It's very far from what our unco- Constitution was intended to be. So... A quick story about a conversation I had with a colleague of mine. We were talking about the laws of deadly force, and and this gentleman I was speaking with, well-seasoned criminal defense attorney, gun lawyer, does a lot of deadly force, justified use of deadly force. This guy's worked some of the most high-profile death penalty cases you see on the Mm. East Coast. And we were talking about, he was mentioning how somebody was charged under the federal statute for murder. And I started to really think about that because generally people are charged under state statutes for right. murder. Homicide statutes typically at the state level. And started to think about how possibly could Congress have the authority to enact legislation with respect to murder? Right. Where would they get that authority? What authority would they use to create that statute. And I mentioned that, and he was like, what are you talking about? I said, well, the Constitution is based on the idea that Congress has these limited powers. It's got the powers granted to them by we the people, right? Right. We've only granted them certain powers, not unfettered, unlimited powers. And in order to enact legislation, it's got to be in accordance with those powers. So what power would they be using to enact a murder statute okay said, well it's for it's for the good of the people i said no 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 <laughs> <laughs> the good of the people is it yeah. isn't in there right <laughs> federal government doesn't have have general police powers the way states do now states do have a uh, broader authority with respect to legislation for the good of the people. Now, I can't violate another constitutional right, or at least it's not supposed to. I don't like the word can't. You know why I don't right. like the word can't, right, Philly Chris? Tell me. I don't like the word can't because I, t- I get people all the time. They'll call me up at my office and they'll tell me a 10-minute story. I really don't right. need to hear a 10-minute story, but they'll tell me a 10-minute <laughs> story. <laughs> tell me a 10-minute story, and it always ends with, and they can't do that. And I'll say, well, <laughs> well it sounds but to me did. like they did. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you understand the meaning of the word, dude. <laughs> right, right. So they already did that. Uh, not supposed to is probably a better one or can't legally, right? right. Can't within the bounds of their con- constitutional authority, but can't probably uh, is the, the right word. 
At least that? they're not saying cannot, like we talked yeah, about on the I air cannot, I, yeah, yeah, no, no, can, <laughs> you got to be able to use contractions, right? No more That's doctor right. six over here. Hopefully, <laughs> exactly. I, I wonder if we set any kind of trend with that one. I wonder if so, people, our listeners started to get a little self-conscious about using contractions <laughs> when they talk and realize what a knucklehead they sounded like when they were talking right. about Dr. Seuss. I hope so, because I think that's a positive change for the world, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it's just silliness. <laughs> well, anyway, let me get back to what I was talking about. So I was wondering what authority uh, they would have to legislate such a particular statute. And I Come, I came back to no. We, the federal government doesn't have general police powers like that. So, what congressional authority would they be based upon? And he's like, "Dude, I don't know what you're talking about. But don't ever bring this up again because you sound like an idiot. So, don't ever mention that out loud in front of anybody else." I'm like, "I'm like, am I nuts? Am I an idiot? I'm sorry." <laughs> You're one of the smarter like people I know. Basic, so I I'm saying, I don't know about all that, but I, I, it seems like a very <laughs> basic constitutional principle that Congress right. has limited powers and can only act under those powers. Now, the Commerce Clause, regulating commerce among the states, have, has become so broad. Um, partially because factually everything has to do with commerce among the states these days, right? We've got right. so much more commerce among the states with the advent of the internet and people becoming more mobile than they were back in the day. Plus, Cong uh, the Supreme Court has interpreted this very broadly to the extent that effects on commerce. An old Supreme Court case where a guy was growing wheat for personal consumption on his property and wasn't complying mm -hmm. with some law. And they said, no, th this is properly within the legislation under the Commerce Clause because what you're doing could impact interstate commerce if everybody were doing that. So in the aggregate, that kind of activity would impact interstate commerce, which is totally an overreach in my opinion and uh, frankly in the opinion of many others. But that's still some kind of guise for authority, right? Yeah. Are you saying, telling me okay, I need to stop my law. weed production? Hey, your weed production. You got you to uh, put the wheat project on hold over there. <laughs> Philly, I said wheat, Philly Chris, not weed. Okay? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, I was a little confused there. Okay, good. I'm not stopping that. You have DEA agents showing up at your door, right? <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, no. These are not weed plants. These yeah. are wheat plans. <laughs> uh, sorry, Tilly Chris doesn't live here. <laughs> uh, so, so what do they, what did they uh, use to regulate this stuff? So I started doing some digging on this. Yeah. Surely somebody has had to make this argument in the history of this statute. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find anything on this particular statute, but I found something on another federal statute where you had the same kind of argument where, hold on a second, this crime that's being legislated Maybe it is for the good of the people. Maybe it is a good idea, but there's no congressional authority to make this kind of a law. Mm. And yeah, you, you can't legally do that. Can't, won't <laughs> right. use the word can't, right? Can't Hold legally on a sec. Hold constitutionally on a sec. do that. So what are you basing this off of? There is a case, and it's based on the necessary and proper clause. Now, okay. necessary and proper, if you look constitutionally back at the history, it allows Congress. Uh, to impose laws not necessary and proper to the, the good of the people or general governance. It's necessary and proper 
to other congressional authorities, to already enumerated congressional authorities. So if there's something that's basically a little bit tangential or incidental to one of the other authorities, sure, mm-hmm. they can legislate based on that necessary and proper clause, but it is not a license to legislate on literally anything they deem to be necessary and proper. That's ridiculous. Yeah, a lot of Think big words in there. Think so. that would be, Chris. If, it sounds like. If that really meant that they could legislate literally anything, then why have the remainder of the authorities even listed? That makes no sense whatsoever. It yeah, makes no sense. Why would they bother wasting their time talking about these other congressional authorities if it all came down to, hey, whatever we feel like is a good <laughs> idea, right? Hey, you know. Whatever we think's a good idea. Just going to do that today, you know. And here it is. All, that's all, it's ridiculous. And guess what? It was held up in the Supreme Court. Oh, really? Oh, the okay. Supreme huh. Court upheld this reasoning. Total Jeez. nonsense. Really? Total nonsense. Hmm. And there was a dissent in that case. Okay. Two justices argued this is totally bogus. <laughs> and the necessary and proper clause only gives Congress the authority to enact laws that carry into execution other specifically enumerated powers, as is the only thing that makes any sense whatsoever. Right. You want to take a guess who these justices were? Who would have brought that to the question? Who would have, who would have dissented George's <laughs> opinion? I bet you can get one. I bet you can get one. Any ideas? Um, well, probably wasn't Ronald Kavanaugh, right? It's not on the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> Russ. I think it was Russ. <laughs> it was Russ. Oh, God love us. Russ. Oh, you'll have to tell me. No Sometimes I see Russ penciling things in at the at the law library, so it was probably him. It was definitely Russ. <laughs> no, it was the late great Antonin Scalia. Oh, okay, interesting. Should have known. You should have known that you're Italian. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> they called him Nino for short. <laughs> uh, and Clarence Thomas. Oh, Clarence okay. Thomas wrote that opinion. Yeah. And it's the only one that makes sense. But here's why I bring up this crazy, wild, ridiculous rant that goes on and on in response to this question. Yeah. The listener is wondering the practical application of the Constitution. (laughs) 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 And I shouldn't even be laughing because it's so sad. Right. The practical application is nothing, anything like what you would imagine if you studied our Constitution. If you read through our Constitution, you knew the history of our founding fathers, knew where they were coming from, and knew what they meant, our practical application of our Constitution is basically unrecognizable. Mm. So there's a little bit of insight for that listener who wrote in. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. You know, Chris... A lot of people have been calling into my office who are writing into U.S. Law Shield and asking if there's a law in Pennsylvania regarding wearing a mask while you're carrying a firearm. Have you heard anybody uh, talking about this? I've actually had some friends mention that to me, but I don't believe that's 
true that there's anything regarding that, but uh, you're the attorney here. So, um, yeah, fill me <laughs> in on that because I've had some people ask me about that, and I wasn't I somebody, exactly sure how to answer it. It was funny. I had somebody send me an article uh, saying, hey, somebody just sent me this, and it says it's a class, there's like a quote of something that is a class four felony. Yeah, right, right. Carry a firearm while wearing a mask. I was like, well, that's obviously not from Pennsylvania because we don't have anything called a class four felony. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Well, Russ is going to Russ is going to pencil that one in next week. That's so we won't actually. That's the Russ law, right? The Russ right, right. Law. No, I, I was so did a little bit digging, going backwards a little bit, and it looks like it came from Illinois. And okay. what people are telling me, Illinois and D.C. are the only two places that have something in particular with respect to law-abiding gun owners carrying a firearm and wearing a mask. Now, I can tell you that I'm only licensed to practice law in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And in New Jersey, if you're carrying a firearm, you're going to jail, period, whether or not you're wearing a mask, okay? <laughs> so I'm not going to even bother having that discussion in New Jersey. But in Pennsylvania, there is no such law dealing with wearing a mask while carrying a firearm. No such law. Now, I did find some kind of ordinance out of Erie, Pennsylvania, that dealt with wearing a mask uh, in the process of using uh, using it to conceal your identity during intimidation or something like that. It was some really mm. very specific, uh, obscure type of ordinance. But there was... How about face paint? Would that be okay instead uh, of a yeah, mask? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, that's a good question. That's a good question. But it, it did have a specific purpose of intimidation that would be a violation of the ordinance. So as yeah. long as you're not here for that purpose, that's number one. And number two is that uh, there was a specific exception for those who were doing it upon advice from a doctor. Oh, and okay. it seemed that if Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci are <laughs> right. coming in, saying mm -hmm. that everybody should wear a mask and Dr. King Governor Wolf go out there and say that you should be wearing a mask, then you'd probably be exempt from even that ordinance, right? Right, yeah. So, They're uh, going to make you get a note, though, probably. I get a special <laughs> note. So that's what uh, I've got on that. I don't know. I'm not licensed to practice law in any other state, but I don't know of any states other than Illinois or D.C. that have this type of particular restriction. There might be even, in certain states, sentence enhancers for wearing a mask to conceal your identity. But as far as just uh, a law-abiding citizen carrying under a license to carry firearms, uh, Pennsylvania, no such law dealing with masks. And think about it. If they did have that type of law in place, how could you not have an exception when the government's saying you're required to wear a mask? Are, right, are they right, yeah. saying you're required to not carry a firearm? Yeah, you're that's not just ridiculous. To exercise yeah, your right. constitutional right. You're not able to... Uh, carry on the license that you've jumped through nine million hoops yeah. to get through, right? Don't give them so. any ideas, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, right? I, right. I, I don't think those knuckleheads are listening to this program. <laughs> if they, they are, then start tuning in. Yeah. If they are, their heads spinning, they can't even keep up with us, right? That's they, right. <laughs> making too much sense, their head's about to explode. <laughs> So another thing that I've seen with these masks is they're asking about private businesses and whether private businesses can ask you to wear a mask or demand that you wear a mask uh, in right. situations like employees. And I wanted to bring in one of our regular guests on this program to talk about it a little bit because it goes into the, the health region. Uh, he's been a consultant on this program with respect to medical issues for a long, long time, but I guess several times. We've got Anthony Robertson from Oklahoma. Anthony, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me, Mike. 
Thank you for joining us once again. Anthony's a physician's assistant. Uh, Anthony, have you heard people talk about all this stuff where uh, there may potentially be implications based on HIPAA or based on the ADA for masks and things of that nature? Have you heard any uh, rumblings about this? Uh, unfortunately, you see it online all the time, and it's usually by people that have no idea what they're talking about whatsoever. <laughs> um, so they they end up convincing people who don't know how to do research of their own or any kind of you know background check on information. They end up convincing them. Um, uh, you know the the Americans with Disability Act and HIPAA, uh, the health privacy laws are the two main things that people will try to use to get out of doing a mask. And, and again, this is not whether or not you agree with wearing a mask, or whether or not you want to, but, um, you know, big thing is when there's a business that mandates it and you have to wear one, um, biggest thing with HIPAA laws are, and the Americans with disability act, you can actually, you can claim all day long that you have a disability, but you're not actually covered under e- either of those two acts. If you don't have a legitimate disability that actually, prevents you from being able to wear a mask. Right. It's um, going to impact your daily life. There's a whole lot of things with the, the statute. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say there's a, there's a whole lot of businesses that are now starting to ask for uh, documentation. It doesn't necessarily have to have a person's health condition on there to violate, uh, to violate HIPAA. They're literally just asking for, well, can I see a doctor's note that says you have a legitimate medical condition? that you're claiming to have. And so it doesn't necessarily have to say what type of medical condition, but a lot of places are asking for, you know, some kind of note with the, you know, the letterhead from the the doctor's office or hospital system and signed off by a physician or medical personnel saying this person has a legitimate disability and cannot wear the mask. I was thinking, you know, with the HIPAA protecting privacy and everything like that, and sure, you wouldn't want to disclose that you've got some kind of embarrassing condition and thinking, you know, what what if they have some kind of condition, there's something wrong with their butt, but then I realized that wouldn't impact you (laughs) from wearing a mask, right? That wouldn't, that wouldn't wouldn't stop you (laughs) from wearing a mask, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're an ear, nose, and throat guy, right? (laughs) That's a, that's a depends issue. Yeah, I deal deal with the other end there, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually saw something in a store uh, just yesterday, and I took a picture of it. Maybe I could read it real quick, but they had this hanging up, and it said, uh, I am exempt from any uh, ordinance requiring face mask uh, usage in public. Uh, Wearing a face uh, face mask poses a mental and or physical health risk to me. Under the Americans with Disability Act, ADA, I am not required to disclose any of my medical conditions to you. And then it uh, mentions the justice.gov website. It is also a HIPAA violation to require me to disclose my health information to you. Department of Justice ADA violation reporting number with the phone number. Uh, If found in violation of the ADA, you could face steep penalties. Organizations and businesses can be fined up to $75,000 for your first ADA violation and up to $150,000 for any further violation. Uh, U.S. Department of Justice with uh, an address in Washington, D.C. Um, so that's that's just not accurate at all, then, based based on what you're saying, right? It's only accurate in certain circumstances. And the, the ADA has come out and said, well, we didn't actually endorse any of those those cards and those documents that, that most people are carrying around for this stuff. And, and, you know, honestly, all those privacy laws also go out the window when you're dealing with a possible public health crisis. And, again, this is not to... 
you know, whether or not, depending on what side of the argument you're on, whether or not you think it's a legitimate or not health crisis, right. doesn't matter at this point. It's been it's been labeled as one um, by by uh, both state and local governments, and so if they have labeled it as one, then that goes out the window. Um, you know, you you have to disclose certain information at certain times because if you can possibly be a risk to others just by walking around. Then that, then your privacy no longer matters, uh, at least to the extent of whatever condition it is that that exempts you from, you know, said said ordinance. Um, so you know all those things that it claims in there. Uh, the ADA um, has already come out with public statements, essentially saying they didn't approve any of this, and that's not actually factual factual in any sense. And the fact that it is considered a public health crisis actually overrides that anyway. Hmm. So for instance, in most hospitals during flu season, um, all employees are required to get a flu shot. If you do not, you are required by that hospital to have to wear a mask around at all times when you're in the building. And that's doesn't matter what your belief on the thing is. Your privacy essentially goes out the window as far as being able to you know, if you're wearing the mask at all times during a normal flu season, it's because you didn't get the shot. And so, again, it's considered a public health issue. And so they, you know, they get to override those those other little ordinances that they have for for privacy violations. Hmm. You know, even with with the HIPAA situation, and I am by no means any expert on HIPAA. You know, it's funny when you have friends who know that you're a lawyer they expect you to know every law and regulation ever created which is totally impossible right if we knew if you if you really sat there and thought about how many laws there are in the books it's way 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 too many and it's a problem even being a specialist on something like gun laws if you knew how many gun laws there are at the state and federal level but you know people say oh well I heard that this is true. What do you think, Mike? You're a lawyer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> is that true? Does HIPAA <laughs> say this on page 9,217, paragraph three? <laughs> don't like, you have I all that know. memorized? <laughs> I don't know. But it would seem to me, I, I, I was under the impression that HIPAA, with protecting privacy, uh, dealt with specific types of entities, right? So so that they couldn't disclose health information to other people. So, for example, you've got to execute certain releases in order to get a hold of medical records from a hospital, right? It's not you telling the hospital something. It's the hospital giving your records away to somebody else. They've got to go through all these processes in order to ensure that uh, your rights are protected under HIPAA, that they're not just giving out your medical records and your, your private information to other third parties. I, I didn't think it had to do with something like this. It'd be interesting to hear from somebody who's an expert on this, but, but that's a question that comes to my mind as someone who is not a HIPAA expert. Also, at the ADA, uh, you've got to... It doesn't mandate that everybody be accommodated uh, to any extent, right? It requires some level of reasonable accommodations to certain businesses to people who are covered under the act. So, right, for example, something like wheelchair ramps or something like that. Right. Uh, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying, yeah, it requires a reasonable accommodation. But as you know, with anything else, everyone that, that feels entitled to something is not going to believe that the accommodation is reasonable. So, for right. instance, if somebody goes into a store 
and they're not allowed in there because they're not wanting to wear a mask or whatever else, a reasonable accommodation is we have online grocery ordering available or a store employee can go actually pick your stuff up off the shelf for you. If you give us a list, we can do this for you and ring you up and get you out of here. Those are considered reasonable accommodations. Yeah, what so about I, I'm getting sick? So like yeah, what about I need you to close down the store for an entire hour while I walk around? That would be unreasonable, right? Right, exactly. I could exactly. have it all to myself, and I'm not around yeah. other people. That would probably be unreasonable. You hear these stories about uh, people who have these uh, anxiety therapy animals. You hear about that, and. You know, it's a, as a response to a disability. This helps me with my disability. So you hear stories about someone who like shows up with like an ostrich to an airplane or something. This is my therapy ostrich. Or <laughs> doesn't doesn't uh, Russ have a comfort squirrel? Russ, a comfort a squirrel. <laughs> well, at least a comfort squirrel will be small enough to bring on a plane. You got people right. showing up. You can hide them easily. Yeah. <laughs> this is my hippopotamus. You got to let me on because the Americans with disabilities act. Well, also there's some place, some uh, situations where a reasonable accommodation just cannot be made. You think about it in terms of employment. And situations like that, right? So suppose an employee who is making claim under the Americans with Disabilities Act. It's been a really long time since I've done anything with the ADA either. Uh, I used to do stuff in federal court back in Oklahoma, some stuff dealing with the ADA. And so from the, the what I do remember in the employment-based context, you'd file a, a claim with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is a federal entity. And they'd go through it. They'd investigate it. And many times they would not investigate it the whole way through and you'd get what they call a notice of right to sue and you had a certain period of time where you had to file your lawsuit uh, based on your claim in court at that point in time. Pennsylvania has the Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission, which is a state-level entity dealing with these types of issues as well and you can cross-claim with the PAHRC and the EEOC. But as far as the ADA goes, if you're an employee... And yes, for reasonable accommodation, there are certain situations where the job just can't have an accommodation. It's not going to work no matter what you do. For example, let's suppose that I were unable to walk and I wanted to be a basketball player, right? Um, you could ask for an accommodation that's not going to work, right? Right, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> certain jobs you just exactly. can't do. Uh, based on certain disabilities, just the way yeah. of the world. It's not discrimination based on your disability and you're otherwise qualified to carry out the position. So this position is uh, detrimentally impacted by your inability to do X, Y, or Z. And that's different than discrimination for no other reason other than your disability, or at least difference in unlawful discrimination, because there's all kinds of discrimination that goes on in the world that's completely lawful and probably a good idea, right? We discriminate as to what to put into our mouths as food. Uh, babies don't discriminate as to what to put into their mouths as food. They eat blocks and stuff like that. And that's why an adult's <laughs> got to tell them, no, 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 don't do that. It's because they don't discriminate. There's just in wrong and lawful discrimination. Any other thoughts on that, Anthony? Uh, well, the, you know, the Americans with Disability Act does does provide a little bit of safety, kind of like you were saying, for the employer as far as if if reasonable accommodation cannot be made for an employee, then, uh, you know, then they're allowed to um, either temporarily let that employee go without pay or, or in some cases permanently. And, 
And thankfully they give a little bit of protection for the business on that. Cause they know, like you said, that a reasonable accommodation cannot always safely be made. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad that the businesses can have a little bit of protection in that. And, you know, just on a, just as personal opinion, I'm not, uh, um, I'm not going to disclose one way or another. It doesn't matter how you feel about the masks, but my, my big thing that I hope people can understand is you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't want, uh, freedom for businesses to be able to make their own choice and not be trampled on. And then if a business decides to do something that you can go in and then claim my, my liberties are being trampled on and I don't want to do this and they should have to conform to what I want. Absolutely. You either get capitalism at its best. And, uh, you know, if, if, a if a business is wanting to do something, it's kind of like the no shirt, no shoes, no service rule. Um, you know, very few people seem to have a problem with that. And again, Masks may be a little bit different ball game, especially depending on which camp you find yourself in. But my thoughts are um, if a business wants to do that, and even if they want to do that 10 years from now, when this is no longer a thing, if they want to maintain that as being a a requirement to go in their store, I can choose as a consumer to either spend my money there or to, you know, they they don't get my money anymore to to let them just go uh, and do their thing. So you can't have it both ways. You can't you can't claim that, you know, you want freedom. And then when a business decides to make what decision they want to make, that they're not allowed to make it. Totally agree with you. Absolutely doesn't make sense for people who are all about liberty, uh, generally of private business owners to come out and say, we want to force these private businesses to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, Spend your money somewhere else seems like a, a more consistent approach to the values that, these people typically proclaim. So point totally well taken. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. Billy Chris, we've only got a couple of minutes. Time for one more topic. Bring it to us. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. I did notice that it looks like the uh, RNC and DNC are being canceled. Have you seen that? I have not seen that yet. Wow. So canceled to people attending in person? Are they going to do virtual conventions or? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. It looks like the in-person stuff is going to get canceled. So I, I don't know if they actually announced yet what they're going to do. But uh, I guess with the virus increasing and, and other things going on, they're going to, uh, uh, you know, cancel the in-person events. Wow. Uh, I wonder what could possibly be behind that other than the virus itself because uh, it seems to me they've been having some kinds of gatherings other than a convention i mean do they have to cancel it altogether to that level is there nothing that could be done to do this safely i don't know i don't know it's a good question i guess we'll have to keep our eye on it but uh, i was surprised to see that especially the dnc do you think any of the the people in the bernie camp were going to try to do something at the dnc (laughs) i don't think so well they they weren't they they certainly can't be happy right they knew hillary clinton uh you know pushed him out of there four years ago and now it's being pushed out by biden who i can't imagine a lot of bernie supporters are, are fans of joe biden yeah, no, I, I can't imagine at this point they are, especially with uh, the way he's been behaving. Now, Anthony, I, I've got a question for you because you're out in Oklahoma. They held the rally over at Tulsa for President Trump and the, the media. Their first complaint was, oh, I can't believe he's so irresponsible to have so many people show up to an event. 
And then when he held it, it was like, oh, look, not enough people are there. <laughs> it was kind of like, <laughs> you can't have it both ways, guys. Which one is good? Which one is bad? Did you hear anything about that being out there? Yeah, I had uh, I had several friends that actually went in person. And uh, from what they were saying, and, and I saw a lot of pictures online and things like that that they took where there were quite a few people still outside the arena that were not let in. There was enough disturbance from protesters and stuff in front of the uh, in front of the entrances to the to the arena where they were having it that after they got enough people in the arena they just they just shut it down um they just stopped letting people in because they didn't want to take a chance on um number one people getting hurt if they let agitators in or people trying to get through the protesters um to get in the building but they they just decided you know it, it's better to have empty seats on the camera and um, again, I know it ended up looking bad and the media had a heyday with it, but from the, from the pictures and the accounts from, from friends I had who were there firsthand, um, they said, yeah, there was, there was quite a few people there. And if you look at the size of the crowd that was there before, during, and after the rally that was outside the arena waiting to get in, it was, it was pretty massive. Now you did have some people who bought tickets or, or not bought them, but reserved them fraudulently. Um, trying to inflate the numbers and then not showing up. But there was mm. more than enough people outside that arena that wanted to be in there that would have easily filled it. Wow. I cannot believe that. That is the first that I'm hearing. I certainly didn't see it on any of the news stations. I wouldn't expect to. But <laughs> wow, it would be great to to see some pictures like that or maybe have somebody like that on the show. From the, the medical standpoint, is there a legitimate reason to cancel these conventions altogether? I mean, you hear people make claims like, the, oh, everybody who did go to that Trump rally got the coronavirus or some wild percentage of people who did got the virus. Is that even true? I mean, honestly, I can't I can't really speak to that, you know, without speculation. But hmm. I would say that they had no more of a chance of catching it there than all the people that were all uh, at all these massive <laughs> protests right. you know, in the weeks leading weeks and days leading up to it when, you know, when the city of Tulsa had you know, 10 times more than that marching through the streets at the same time, half of them not wearing masks and things like that. But it's whatever, whatever fits the convenient narrative. You know, my thoughts on the, the DNC canceling are, of course, if they held a DNC, they would make everything mandatory as far as masks and all that. I believe even the RNC probably would at this point. Mm. Um, however, if the DNC did this and it ended up working, then they would have no excuse to try to continue doing the mail-in voting. Ah, November. Mm, they ah, would essentially be yeah. saying, okay, well, these work. We can safely allow people to go back to normal life. If they allow people to go back to normal life on a full scale, and the only difference is wearing masks all around, then the economy comes roaring back and Trump's biggest talking points come back into play uh, in a big way. The longer that they can keep Joe Biden hidden from the public, and hope that, you know, that the Republicans mess up anywhere along the way, um, the better for them. Because, as you know, I would think that that would be more. I would think that would be more because this guy can't go five minutes without saying something ridiculous. I mean, every time he talks, it's almost like a highlight reel of blunders. It's out of control. It's hysterical for somebody like us who's watching. (laughs) Uh, But it's also a problem to think about this guy. It yeah, is, ter- it is it's terrifying. Definitely terrifying. Because as if, yeah. if 2016 taught us anything, it's that literally anybody can win. 
That's so right. if, if 2016 right. taught us anything, then it's, you know, having a Bernie or a Joe Biden in there is no longer a laughing matter of saying, well, they'll definitely get crushed mm-hmm. because yeah, so- what happens, what happens if enough dead people in California end up voting Democrat that all of a sudden we end up having Joe Biden, uh, you know, right. U- Ukraine and China's puppet in office. That's- that's right. right. Grandpa right. voted right. his entire life until he died. Right. He's been a Democrat for the last 20, 30 years. <laughs> uh, now, I would think that uh, that would be the bigger reason is to keep Biden out of there. And the the idea that we could have mail in voting gotten rid of if there was a successful convention, uh, you could push a counter narrative to that i think fairly easily you could say oh well you know the people who were at most risk had to stay home from the convention they couldn't come out and we won't, don't want these people who were most at risk to have to be able to come out but i guess if you're saying that nobody can come out then that's a larger amount of people who will be able to send in votes by way of mail russ did you have anything on this uh, yeah, my theory is that they're going to have people stay home and, you know, it's going to be digital and online so that they can pre-record any kind of like speeches or, or whatever else goes on at the DNC. That way they can control it more. Right. And so so Biden get it on there even they, if he's been dead well, yeah. at that point, right? <laughs> Biden can say stupid stuff and they can cut it out they and then make him sound the halfway coherent. The cuts, yeah. <laughs> Leave Paulist. You should invite him on to the Mike G in the Morning program live Fridays, <laughs> 7 a.m. Eastern, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. That is a great point, Russ. That's all the time we've got for today, folks. Stick around for We the People, the Constitution Matters. Pastor David Whitney, Professor Phil Duffy, I'll be joining as the legal analyst. Make sure you stay informed, folks. Daddy loves you, Ellie. We'll always love you and miss you. Have a safe weekend. God bless.